This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hagistilianos. As a teaching pastor for more than 35 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. Last week, Pastor taught on the subject of the power of hope with revelation of the truth that faith without hope is merely hopeless faith, accomplishing nothing. This week's series, Putting Your Faith to Work, more deeply examines the intimate spiritual relationship between hope and faith in a more productive, step-by-step and practical way. Because faith doesn't come simply by knowing about it, hearing about it, wishing for it, or even casually asking God for it, of special importance in this lesson of making your faith and hope work more effectively together are pastor's personal nine steps necessary in the development of what he calls an attitude of faith. The pathway to a truly meaningful faith with power that can change things involves developing an active faith lifestyle based solely on God's Word and then confessing those truths as though God has already delivered them just as He promised. Here's more on putting faith to work. We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is a, well, obviously it's going to be exactly what God said, said it was going to be. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Now listen to verse 28. Nevertheless. Now there's another word that you can interchange with nevertheless. It's the word but. And you've got to be really, really careful when you're pursuing the promises of God in faith that you don't get your butt in the way. Because your butts can get in the way and cause you to be robbed of the very blessings that God would have uh, for you. But you see, it, it, you know, they, they went, they saw, but listen to the report that they came back with. They said, nevertheless, even though the land is flowing with milk and honey, and it's exactly what God said, and God already had said, this is the land that I am giving to the children of Israel, just go ahead and check it out. That's all. See, and God wanted them to check it out because I think he wanted them to just get excited about it. Say, whoa, God said we can have this. It's sort of like the promises of God. You check out the word of God, you find a promise. Say, whoa, you mean God wants me healed? Yeah. God wants me well? Yeah. God wants you to check it out. He wants you to get a vision. He wants you to start to get excited about his word and about the promises that he's given. He said, I'm taking you to a land that's flowing with milk and honey. Those guys, those spies went and they saw the land that God had destined for them. But unfortunately, instead of coming back and being excited about it, this bunch comes back and is about to have a nervous breakdown. God doesn't give you a glimpse of what He wants to do in your life to give you a nervous breakdown. He gives you vision so that you'll get excited, jumpstart your faith. Say, wow, look at, what's, look at the possibilities we have in God. Look at where God wants to take us. Look at what God wants to do for us. So notice verse 28 says, nevertheless, but, here their butts are getting in the way, but don't let your butt get in the way. He says, but, The people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. 
The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains and the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. Whoa, they're talking about all the negative things that they say. Hey, listen, let me tell you what. Let's just talk about this for a minute. God said to Moses, this is the land I'm giving to them. They went and spied out the land. Just because God is giving you the land or giving you the promise, it doesn't mean that there aren't some warfare that you're going to have to go through to get to the promise. In other words, it goes like this. God gives the promise. It's already done in the mind of God. The promise is given, but it must be possessed. What God was trying to teach them here is the land is yours, but you've got to express some faith. Remember what we read in in Hebrews? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And anyone who comes to Him must know that He exists and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. God wanted faith expressed. Faith was needed in order for that land to finally be possessed by the children of Israel. So just because the promise is given doesn't mean it's going to happen. Someone has to rise up with faith to possess the land. God sent them over there in hopes that they would get excited about what they would see. But these suckers come back and are ready to have a nervous breakdown. They say, oh, there are giants in the land. The people are big and mean. And they spit fire. And they looked at us. And they grunted at us. And they turned and they ran in fear. When all the while God said, that's yours. That's yours. I didn't say you weren't going to have some battles to endure. I didn't tell you that it was just going to fall on you. You have to possess it. Give me an opportunity to show myself strong in your life. Give me an opportunity to show through you how I work. That you might be a testimony to my power, to my faithfulness, to my love for you. Come on. Anybody with me? So they come back and they get, nevertheless, the Amalekites dwell in the land. Oh, nevertheless, they're big. Now listen. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and listened to what Caleb said. Let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. Now, isn't this interesting? Just pay attention to this. Twelve men went into the same exact land and twelve men saw the same exact thing. Saw the same giants, the same challenges, the same warfare. They were presented with the exact same facts. But ten of them came back with a different attitude than Caleb and Joshua. Caleb and Joshua came back with an attitude of faith. Say an attitude of faith. Where the ten came back with a bad attitude of doubt and unbelief. Isn't that interesting how people look at things differently? It's amazing. We can all face the same challenges, but it's the way we look at it. It's the way we look at it. Caleb and Joshua are not ignoring that there is a real battle, that there are real giants. But their attitude was, you know what, even though there are real giants, we can take it. We can surely overcome it. We can do it. Because God is with us. And God already said that this land was ours. You see the difference between the two groups? The ones that were the doubting ones, the ten, ten, they were just focused on the flesh. Caleb and Joshua were focused on things of the Spirit. They had their eye on God and what God said. See, see, if you're going to walk by faith, you've got to put your eye on what God says, and you can't always you know, let the things in the natural scare you or dissuade you or, or cause you to turn away and run. Because sometimes moving ahead and progressing in life, it can be scary. There are giants. 
there are big battles that you may have. There are big, big barriers that have to come down. But I'm going to tell you what, as one who's been through some big barriers and fought some big giants, you know, in that way, you know, giants of fear or giants of worry or giants of, you know, whatever it be, um, inferiority, feeling inferior, whatever it be. One who's faced giants like that, I can tell you what, when you knock down those giants, just believe in God's word in faith, you come out the other side more blessed than you could ever imagine. You come out the other side stronger than ever before. And you come out the other side knowing that God will honor faith. Because anyone who comes to him must know that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him in faith. Faith always brings the reward. Doubt brings nothing. Unbelief brings nothing. Faith brings the reward of God into your life. Thank you for the four and a half amens. So the ten come and start spreading this bad report among the children of Israel. But Caleb tries to quiet the people, tries to get them, get them together. And he said, let's go up at once and take possession for we are well able to do it. Verse 31. But the men who had gone up with him, we are not able to go up against the people. They are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone to spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people who we saw in it are men of great stature. We saw the giants, which came from Anak, who were like, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Wow, look at, look at how they were looking at themselves. We can't do this. This is too big. This is, too, this is impossible. Yet, all the while, God said, this land is yours. It's just like the promises of God that you and I are presented with in our lives. Promises are already given. You can have them. It doesn't say that you aren't going to have to face some giants. These ten saw big giants and a small God. The two saw a big God and small giants. Because no matter what you're looking at in life, if you're looking at it through God being bigger than any challenge you might ever have... Let me tell you what, those challenges begin to shrink and they become attainable because you're doing it by faith. Everybody say faith. faith. You're taking it down by faith. Maybe big. Those giants were real. They were strong. They were mean. They were ugly. Their breath stunk. We're not saying that the giants weren't real, but Caleb and Joshua saw a big God. And in the light and the sight of a big God, a God that honors, those giants become nothing. Just like when David slew Goliath. The whole, he was a giant, Goliath was a giant, and the whole army of Israel was shaken in their boots because they, they, you know, this giant, the Goliath was shouting all kinds of things at the army of Israel. David comes along and says, who is this uncircumcised? Who is this piece of garbage? that dare to defy the armies of the living God. And he said, get me, get me a slingshot. Just give me my slingshot. And Saul says, no, 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 let me dress you up in my suit of armor. He puts a suit of armor on, gives him a spear, gives him a javelin. And he walks out and he says, get this stuff off of me. Shakes and all, I can't go in this stuff. Takes his little slingshot and he goes and he shoots the, 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 the giant in the head. One shot, boom, he goes down. You know why? Because David knew that the power and the victory was not in the slingshot. The power and the victory was in the living God. All he had to do, all he had to do is express faith and trust in the living God. God would do the rest. That's exactly what's being said here in this account, in this story with Caleb and Joshua. Caleb says, we are sure able. We can do this. We can do this. 
We can do this. So let's keep, let's keep reading. And verse 32, And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which we spied out, saying, The land we've gone to is spies, devoured, and this happens all day. Is it, you, know, you know what I, I, I well, let's keep reading because I have a point that I want to make. So chapter 14 says, verse 1, So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, If we had only died in the land of Egypt, if we had only died in this wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land? to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should become victims. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? These people are having a nervous breakdown, man. They lost their mind. Now, now, isn't it interesting that the ten came back and gave a report that was bad and the two came back and gave a report that was good? How come the bad report took hold? Isn't that interesting? It's sort of like common day, you know, you get in a church situation like this and people start passing bad reports. People believe it. They just believe it. You just suck it right up. Oh, tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me more. Oh, I knew it. I knew there's something fishy going on. I know there was something suspicious. Come on, tell me more. Tell me more. It's amazing how people suck up the bad report. It's amazing. You know it's demonic because it just gets hold of people's flesh. They love a bad report. And, they, and a bad report just gets them all jerky and squirrely and their mind goes squirrely and they get confused. These are the people who, are, who are just saw the hand of Moses deliver miracle after miracle after miracle. They just walked through the Red Sea on dry ground. They got into the desert and God gave them water, gave them manna, gave them uh, quail from heaven, blessed their life. And here they are. Why? Because ten silly people came back and said, there are giants in the land. Ooh, we're afraid. God just told you, silly that this land is yours. This promise is yours. You see, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Anyone who comes to him must know that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You're not going to reap the rewards of God walking in fear and unbelief. But it's amazing how the bad report gets around. They didn't believe Caleb and Joshua because they're preaching the right thing. A bad report brings a bad attitude. And when you have a bad attitude, your eyes get fuzzy and you can't think or see in the spirit anymore. So they believed the 10. They believed the 10. Let me tell you what, sometimes faith, you're going to be in the minority. Oh, did you hear what I just said? You did. You're going to be in the minority. You're going to have maybe a group of people bigger than, you know, more not believing in you or with you than those that do. It's amazing how the bad report, negative report spreads so quickly. All right. So let's keep reading. We're almost finished. So all the congregation lifted up their voices, did all of this. Verse 4 says, so they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Well, that's always a good idea to abandon the leader, get rid of the leader. Because if you get rid of the leader, my problems are solved. <laughs> now that makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Here's the man again who led them out. This is the, the man who had, that God had raised up, the man, the word, the anointing that was on, the man, the message, I like to say it that way, and the anointing was on his life. And yet they're ready to abandon the leader because 10 silly people came back and gave a bad report. When two came back and said, we can do it, they chose to believe the 10. 
the ten had enough, I guess, to convince them that this was unattainable. Why? Because they were listening to people instead of listening to God. They were more moved by the natural than they were by the supernatural. Never going to get anywhere in faith if you're not connected in faith spiritually, trusting God. Because people will talk you out of your blessing. Because the devil loves to do that. He wants to disconnect you from your connected your connectedness to blessing. So, notice what it says. So, so verse 5, So Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. But Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. They were so upset that they actually ripped their clothes to try to get their attention. And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel saying, now listen to what they say, the land we pass through to spy out is exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are, are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. How many of you agree with me? That's good preaching. That's good preaching. But now listen to the response to the good, good preaching. Verse 10. And all the congregation said to stone them with stones. After all that good preaching, they were so stinking fleshed out in fear that they couldn't even receive the true and powerful and liberating word of God that these two men were preaching. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. These people were in doubt. They weren't pleasing God. And if you're not in faith, there's no reward. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Anyone who comes to Him must know that He exists and that He is. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him in faith. Diligently seek Him in faith. And the congregation said to stone them. Now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before all the children of Israel. Listen to verse 11. Then the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people reject me? And how long will they not believe me? with all the signs which I have performed among them. And from that point on, because they chose to live in doubt and unbelief and to reject God. And isn't it interesting that, that God perceived rejection of himself when these people rejected the leaders that God had put before them. Isn't that, isn't that interesting thought? Because in their mind, they weren't rejecting God. They were rejecting Moses. They were rejecting Caleb. They were rejecting... But God says, He says, how long will these people reject me? So rejecting the man, the message, and the anointing that's on his life is actually like rejecting God himself. And that's called rebellion. And that's the realm that the devil works in. God doesn't put a pastor. God doesn't put a leader in your life to try to make your life miserable. Although, along the way, you might feel miserable because you, you don't want to grow up. You don't want to go to a better place. But God has intended for you to be in a better place. He's trying to get you to grow up. He's trying to get you mature to stand on your own two feet. So, although a pastor's never put in your life to make you miserable, sometimes the things he preaches might make you miserable. Because that's God working. And to reject the message, to reject 
the man, the message, and the anointing on his life is like rejecting God. It's like saying no to God. And God perceived that rejection as, re- as rejection of him. Wow, can you see that here? See, it takes faith. It takes faith in God. Trusting, you know, and seeing his hand upon a ministry and upon a man. Walking day by day in faith. Because ultimately God wants to get you to a better place. I hope you want to get to a better place. God doesn't want you to stay where you are forever. He has a promised land. He has a destination. Every single one of us were born with a purpose from God. Whether you feel like it, whether you think it, whether you look like it, whether you like it or not. Every one of us were born with a purpose. The only way you're going to get there is to be led there. And the way you're going to get there is by faith. Trusting. Believing. So, the Lord says, how long will these people reject me? How long will they not believe in me with all of the signs that I have performed? That's why I say people get their, get their vision on the wrong things. And once you've got your, your vision on the wrong things, it's all downhill from there. You know, it, it, it just goes downhill. Let me just give you these things. We'll be finished here. Did you get something out of this so far? All right. Nine things that describe an attitude of faith. I'm just going to read these off. I don't think you have these on the screen. Do you, Sandy? No? All right, listen. Number one, faith sees the promises of God as attainable no matter how difficult the challenge. Did you hear what I said? Faith sees the promises of God as attainable no matter how difficult the challenge. Number two, faith doesn't ignore the challenges but believes they can be overcome. Right? Let me say it again. Faith doesn't ignore. We don't say there are no giants in the land when there are. We simply say there are giants in the land, but we can overcome them. There are challenges, but they can be fought and won and knocked down. Number three, faith always speaks of victory and success, not of fear and defeat. Faith always speaks of victory and success, not of fear and defeat. One, two, three. Number four, faith sees God as bigger than any giants it's facing or any challenges that it's facing. Number five, faith will not allow the voices of doubt and unbelief to change its position. Number six, or is that number seven? Whatever it is. Faith is patient. It refuses to be moved by the length of the battle. Next one. Faith is tenacious. It won't give up. Next one. Ready? Faith doesn't measure the obstacle against a human standard, but rather God. And number, number nine, because it's the last one. Faith, courage, and boldness will be rewarded by God. Every time. So without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Anyone who comes to Him must know that He exists and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Come on, can I get a better amen than that? Let's stand to our feet, if you will. Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. 
Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. If you missed any of the hundreds of inspiring, life-changing Bible study messages of encouragement taught by Pastor Ray on this More Than Conquerors radio station, such as those on salvation, healing, miracles, faith, forgiveness, and many more, podcast downloads of all these programs are yours free of charge by simply going to PastorRayNY.com or WMCA.com and clicking on Podcasts. That's podcasts at either PastorRayNY.com or WMCA.com. Thank you for listening to and supporting this ministry of God-centered lessons of integrity and victory from the Word of God and being ever mindful that as life's challenges come, God's Word is truth and will always impact our lives in a positive way in making us more than conquerors.